Andrew Mackey, Geelong's general manager of football, has been good enough to join us after what was a pretty busy trade period. Andrew, great to have on the show. Welcome back. No, it's good to be here, Dwayne. Thanks for having me. And you're happy with the way it all transpired? You didn't get a lot in and uh, you saw Basava leave, so it wasn't all beer and Skittles for you? No, no, we were really clear on, uh, probably from a fair way out, to be honest, you know, even off the back of last year's trade period, Dwayne, that um, this one wasn't going to be as active as last year and what we possibly will be going forward. But we uh, stuck to our guns around what we wanted to do. Didn't want to touch our future picks. Uh, wanted to try and maximise the Asava trade. Um, felt like we did that okay. It was uh, one of those ones that, that did take some time. But, um, you know, they, they, these things can. We, uh, we were sort of waiting around to see if anything fell through. If the Ivan Soldo trade didn't go through, which for a while there was looking a little bit unlikely. So you never know what comes through. Once that, that happened, you know, the uh, momentum of this, the Asava trade gained um, momentum, as I said, and, and Cooper and I had some conversations and that was executed. So would you have looked at Soldo or were you looking at a ruck as well? No, no, no. More from a pick point of view about what Paul okay. had. Yeah, what, what, what sort of assets they had. Uh, yeah, we'd spoken early in the week around that pick 25 and, you know, we were always, um, you know, you can, there's no harm in waiting if, uh, if there's something else extra on the table uh, later on in the trade period. So more from that point of view, Dwayne, always, uh, Ivan was always keen to get to, to Port, uh, so we knew that. There was nothing about the player, more from what Port would have at their disposal from a pick's point of view. So you've got a couple of late picks. So you've got 76, 87 and 94. So you've got some late picks to use, um, you know, what do you do? You think there'll still be a little bit in the draft late to grab? Well, yeah, you never know. Uh, our recruiters, mm. led by Stephen Wells, always gets excited about any pick. But uh, look, the, the thinking with that is, we think the the, the pick in the seventies comes in a fair bit with all the Gold Coast picks they're going to be needed for their academy players. While the the academy rules set up how they are, and and the um, those northern states can set up their draft hand accordingly you know there, there is opportunities with those later picks that they do come in um so where that comes into we're not sure because you can trade on the night as we know mm. but um yeah there could be opportunity there and we've still got to you know do our work at the back of the draft as i said we're really clear going into this period about what it meant for us um around the, the draft and and the trade period uh from here we, we get to work through what our draft hand would look like including that pick eight and 25 and there's lots of different options as to how all those picks might look come, you know, the 20th of November. Um, so we'll work through that. That's the next bit of workflow for us. And we'll work really closely with the recruiting team about where we do want them structured. Um, really confident that that pick eight's in a really good spot. But at the same time, we're open to all sorts of views on, on and from teams' offers about what that looks like. And uh, the last 10 days, we've, we've had plenty of conversations about it. Uh, haven't felt like we've needed to do anything just yet, but it doesn't mean we won't do anything. What do you think you might need with pick eight? What are you going to get early? And do you know uh, when, how close to draft night will you know essentially who all the other teams are picking in that top seven? Well, yeah, you, you think you know, and then you actually don't. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's the beauty of a draft, Wayne. Uh, you don't know yep. what's coming through unless you pick one. But uh, there's, there's some work. The combine was done a couple of weeks ago, so the guys are still finalising uh, what what you know, all, all the data involved in all that. And then there's more interviews to do. Um, there's some psych testing that, you know, all the clubs can put the, the players through and make sure you dot the I's and cross the T's. So we're in that process uh, now. And then 
from here on in, we'll really formulate what what the strategy looks like. There's a, there's a few parts from Aaron. You know, we uh, the the we've spoken openly about the the midfield area for us. That's something we'll try and attend to over the next couple of years. Whether it's done in this this draft period, we're not sure. Um, it sort of depends on what players, as we've talked about, can get through. You know, there's there's key positions, really talented key positions around that mark in the draft also. So if they're an option, there's some. There's some outside really high end speed players that um, you know really catch the eye also that they never hurt having too many of them on your list. So there's a few mm-hmm. things, that's the beauty of it, and then from here we'll be really clear about what it looks like. Is it hard with the love I mean you obviously loved the Sava, you wanted to keep a Sava so much so that you weren't prepared to trade him for just pick twenty five and yet you don't pick the team, so you don't decide whether a Sava gets a game next year. Oh yeah, no, we rate a Sava. Like I think the the marketplace has shown that key defenders, there's just a shortage of them, um, in particular ones that are available. So we we weren't surprised that there was high demand, and not just Sava. There was a couple of others as well as we've seen, and and the compensation with those we saw the Mackay one it was high, and even Dodie who's coming off a knee, um, you know there, there was really good conversation involved. Um, Sava was a free agent next year, out of contract this year. We just tried to maximise it. We we gave some ideas to his management about what we thought it looked like. Um, there wasn't too much communication um, with the power initially. Um, you know, there's lots of ways that teams go about their business um, and how they do it, so that, that's up to them. But, uh, you know, we we did invest a fair bit of um, um, resourcing into Asabi. He, he, was, he was a raw player and he's come in, he's done a great effort, that, done a great job. He's, he's switched positions the last couple of years, showing a lot of potential down back. Um, and as you know, from a list point of view, it's not about necessarily the, the 23 that play every week. It's, we, we sort of we try and get a really deep squad of players and, and give the coaches um, a flexibility about who they do play every week, including you know, at times you might need to manage some guys. Um, you know, as you see now with the concussion protocols, it's just you, you try and build that deep squad. So it's not about whether they're playing every week. It's just uh, from a list management point of view, you try and give your coaching staff you know, access to that flexibility. And, and we've shown over the years that we are a team that, that does require a bit of flexibility. Was it a difficult period? With well, How did the standoff work with your old mate Tom Hawkins? How, how's that dynamic? Standoff? Yeah, that's, uh, I'm not sure it was a standoff. That, that uh, publicly seemed to gain a bit of momentum more than... <laughs> Yep. Um, than what we were working through from our end, we were always really comfortable about where the Tom the Hawkins you know contract stuff was. We we just allow our players, in particular, that was stated someone with Tom's um, time in the game and what he's done for us. We're in no rush, and it's important that players um, work through what they need to do and and get their their heads um, where it needs to be for making decisions. So, from our point of view, like I said last night, we were we've been having conversations with Tom around. How we um, how we help the footy department, how we help you know the players, and what what his role in that is, what you know our roles uh, as admin is in that um, really positive conversation. So from our point of view, there was there was never anything that um, meant a standoff, so to speak. But uh, yeah, we we do allow players, and in, in particularly ones like Tom, who it's really important that they, as, as he mentioned, post. You know, there's a lot of goes into preparing yourself for an AFL season and you know it's family it's everything there's lots of moving parts to it so you know we, we love Tom he loves us and um, looking forward to seeing what he can do next year he's, he's still um, he's still at the peak of his powers from a performance point of view and list wise Andrew the defying of gravity is a tough thing 
I think Brian Cook and Steve Hocking and a lot of people have talked about the fact that it's all about trying to stay in the premiership window forever and not dropping out of it. Where do you think your list is at? Oh, yeah, we're really confident about what we can be next year and going forward. Um, like we said, we've invested in some young ones the last couple of years and tried to try to skip a little bit of, um, you know, one to two year development on them. Um, whilst, whilst at the same time, we've got such a, a great experience core group that are really going to propel us into next year. They've, they've coming off, they will be coming off a, a greater length of off season, which might just be a, a really good thing for them. Really freshen up both mentally and physically. We, uh, we probably didn't have the full availability of our, of our uh, team in 2023. So that's something we're really working hard on behind the scenes about setting everything up to, to make sure we maximise the players we have. And, you know, Jack Henry, who plays uh, such an important role for us, didn't play much this year. And Cam Guthrie missed most of the year. And I, like I could go on about 10 or 15 guys, but that's the opportunity for us. We're really confident about what those guys can be um, coming off a really good pre-season. And, and we're also um, really invested into the young guys we have. And as we've seen, it's, it's why we weren't willing to trade in the futures and, and be willing to do some of the players that we probably have the opportunities to do over the trade period. We're really going to back in those young ones that we think can really um, take us forward and, and we've got games into them and we, we will continue to, when the time's right, make sure we give them opportunities to show, show what they can be. So as the general manager of football, are you the guy who recommends the extension of the coach? What, what, what role do you play in that? And what role does the coach play in what recruits he wants, given that I think you've extended him for a longer term? Yeah, yeah, like Steve Hocking worked really closely with, with Scotty on that one. That was, uh, had been in the works for a, for a bit of time. Um, but the three of us worked really closely together on, on all sorts of um, things across the whole club, but um, in particular, obviously, the footy department and, and staffing and players. Um, yeah, it's a collaboration. Um, obviously, with my role, I've got to own those decisions around playing lists, but, you know, to, they're group discussions, really healthy conversations that we do have. There's a... There's a high trust there, and it's really important that you do have that. And we can um, we speak about all sorts of things, and often go on to a little different tangents. But uh, ultimately, you know, having having those guys support me in my role is important. But um, yeah, the, the, from a player point of view uh, and staff point of view, and, and Scotty influence on what what sort of players we have. Yeah, we of course we listen to the head coach, um, and then we just try and work out how best we can support him with with the list we have and and the personnel we do have around within our footy department. But, yeah, it's a collaborative approach from us. And do you ever sit around and think about what the forward line's going to look like in 2025 post-Hawkins, what the what your centre square starting four is going to look like in 2025? Is that part of the discussions you also have as a group? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yep. we spend a lot of time on that. And, and it's, hard to, it's hard to exactly know, no exact science, but we're... We're really um, bullish on Ollie Henry's come in for that reason. Still think Jeremy's got a, a lot of footy left. He's only 30. As you know, Hawk's going to be playing at 36 next year. So who knows? Um, and then you've got, you know, Stengel's in a good age, Brad Close, Myers, these guys. You know, what, whatever we do post Tom Hawkins, it, it's not going to be the same as him. Let's be, let's be honest. There's just not many blokes like Tom around. They're, um, they're a dime a dozen. But what, what I will... Um, work through is that I think we can have a really dynamic forward line no matter how it looks you know we've we've got Shannon Neal who's putting in some really good work at the lower level throughout the year and and we're able to expose him in the AFL and we'll see where he takes his footy and then it's like we've mentioned there's lots of mechanisms to improve your list and we draft really well hopefully and and 
turn players into bona fide AFL uh, players and we'll look at different ways we can get into the, the trade and free agency period going forward. We're really well set for that. Do you think there'll be a mid-season trade next year? Oh, I think there will be, yeah. yeah. I think there's an appetite for it from clubs and in particular the AFL and you know we're an advocate for it. I think the parameters around it are important um, but you know from um, yeah, from our standpoint, we think it's it's good for the game. We like the movement within it. I, I still think there is an art within list management about setting yourself at the start of the year, but you know it does feel right that the game's going this way and uh, there's an appetite for it. And I think it can benefit uh, players that might not be getting the opportunity. You know, the Brody Grundy stands out to me in 2023. He, he probably would have played a role for someone, and he was um, you know rocking out to Casey. Uh, but uh, you know, there's as long as the team's compensated as they would be in a in a trade mechanism. But yeah, we're we're all for that, and I think it will go that way. Great to have you, Matt. Good to have a discussion with you. I really appreciate you jumping on, and uh, congratulations on the new role. I look forward to talking to you soon. Good on you, Dwayne. Take care.